<sighs> What's in a name? That which we call a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. Or so says Shakespeare's star-crossed Juliet. But... Uh, would it? If a rose were instead called, um, I don't know, a, a trickle spoop, that's uh, with a K, by the way, uh, would it smell the same? Or would it mean the same? Would it still signify love? Would socialists proudly don trickle spoops on their lapels? Can you imagine learning about the English War of the Trickle Spoops in history class? What about something else? I mean, eh, roses aren't that important to most people. What about something like the word military? If we called it, say, defense, would it still smell, you know, as bad? What if instead of referring to your friend as she, you insist on saying he, the pronoun she used to use before she transitioned? Okay, let's think about signs a bit more broadly. What if instead of standing with your hand on your heart when the Star Spangled Banner starts to play, you take a knee? What if a slogan showing approval of and respect for the police All lives matter. takes as its model an existing slogan that protests and criticizes the police for its historic pattern of violence against racial minorities? Black lives matter. I don't know, but it seems like the names of things, you know, the words we use, the signs we use, aren't inconsequential at all, Juliet. I mean, they matter. We are caught up in language, we humans. And by language, I don't just mean words. If, as the field of semiology argues, any given sign is made up of a signifier on one hand, the thing that's heard or seen or read, and on the other hand, a signified, the thing that it conjures in your head when you interpret it, then boy, signs are all over the place. I mean, you got words, obviously, phrases, sentences, but also like, you know, book covers, sounds and songs, certain chord progressions within songs, bodily gestures, postures, the way you smile or stand, clothes, colors, you know, literal signs along the road and on doors and on t-shirts, but you know, like tattoos, paintings, pipes, not to mention pipes that are said not in fact to be pipes, uh, memes, graphs, charts, food, the eggplant emoji. Wow, such language. Much amaze. Now, bunches of language, these strings and threads of signs that we speak or pick up at the bookstore or download online or read or watch or listen to and joke with are what some literary theorists like to call capital T texts. When you drill down, you find out that texts are like tissues. These multidimensional webs of signs, quotations, cross-references, footnotes, symbols, symptoms. And just like us socialized meatbags, texts never stand in isolation, but rather come into being through and are only ever intelligible via capital L language. All these associated systems of signs, ideologies, histories, cultures, ways of life, even other texts. Now, this podcast gets its name from a quote because, Hi, nice to meet you. I'm an English major. The quote's from a seminal essay of literary philosophy by Jacques Derrida, and it usually gets translated from the original French to say something like, 
There is nothing outside the text. Now, a better translation of Derrida, most agree, would be more like... There is no outside text. In other words, a text might have a context, a pretext, a subtext, but there's no way to read something deeply enough or hard enough to get at some ultimate or original meaning beyond or behind language, say, an outside text. At least, not that we can directly access. Which brings us to the name of this podcast, Inside the Text. We're tied up in language, shot through with meanings, and if the world for us only really exists for us in any real way to the extent we're capable of interpreting it, then we got to admit that there are texts all around us. We are always inside of some text, as it were, always faced with what demands to be interpreted, to be read, to be understood, whether it be a book or a show or a podcast or a person on the street or a photo of a kid or a sign above the door, a doge meme on the TL. We're used to thinking about the way things are, the things everyone does, the order of society, stuff like that as being, you know, normal, just there, real, solid, whatever. But if we're surrounded and even constituted by and through language, then that actually means that the world is inherently unstable, oscillating from sign to sign, from one interpretation to the next, from meaning to meaning. Which is to say, it's subject to change. And we humans, we readers, have a responsibility, I think, to read it closely. If reading is always a form of rewriting what's in front of us, and I think it is, then it's up to us to rewrite the world better, even if it'll always only ever be something toward which we strive. Whew. So, what is this podcast about? Well, a few things. One, it's really fun to dive deep into everyday culture and take it seriously, so, you know, doing that. Two, it's about reading cultural texts and literary ideas in their political contexts. And three, it's about play. Play as in the indeterminate play of language, bouncing between meanings and signs and swinging on its hinges. Play as in dramatization and imaginative performance. Play as in making jokes. Play as in the game of hopscotching across texts and theories and puzzling out what it all means. If that sounds good to you, then stick around. My name's Jed Cole, and you are inside the text. Thanks for listening to today's first ever episode of Inside the Text. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe. You can find Inside the Text at anchor.fm and Spotify, I think, and hopefully soon iTunes and elsewhere. Obviously, it's a process when you start a new podcast to get it out there in the interwebs. But uh, stick around, and I hope you like what you see uh, here.